0: It was the uh, Thanksgiving, 1983. I was at the home of J.D. Brunin and Myrna Brunin, and I had one thing on my mind that Thanksgiving, and it was to ask Kim Brunin to marry me. But I had a problem. And I wanted to marry her ask her on Thanksgiving so I forever remember, I'd be thankful for her. But I was scared of J.D. Brunin and then never asked for his blessing. So we're sitting there watching the Lions football game together and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know how am I ever going to do this? And he puts on a cowboy hat during a commercial break and pulls out a double-barreled shotgun and points it at me. (laughs) And I'm sure it wasn't loaded. And he says, I think you got something to ask me. (laughs) I said, "Uh, hopefully this is the right question. Can I marry your daughter? And, and then, you know, and uh, at halftime, I asked him to go on a walk in the backyard with me, and I asked her to marry her. That's the truth. And then I went back and watched the rest of the football game. Um, <laughs> and the Lions beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Anyway, that game, Eric Keppel was the quarterback. Billy Sims the running back. I won't forget that game. Anyway, um, Thanksgiving, that's what we're talking about. I this little booklet, and I have some out in the back, I put out in the back. Uh, When I had my motorcycle accident, I had been in physical therapy for like a year and one month. It was coming to the end of it. I had been in physical therapy for so long that the physical therapist had invited me to their Christmas party, (laughs) right? And and I got there and realized I'm the only patient, And, and... But I did feel well-loved and and, and things. And my physical therapist who had worked with me, she was wonderful. Her name was Jill. Um, She said, could you write something, all the lessons you've learned in recovery? And I wrote her out a booklet, and I never showed it to anybody but her. This year, my sister calls me, and she has gone in the last two years through 17 surgeries. Um, she's fighting two different types of cancer, and, and she works for the, uh, the main office of uh, Crew, Campus Crusade for Christ. She's on the executive staff, and, um, and she says they're writing a devotional. She's writing a devotional that you can take into surgery, you know, do these devotions before you, and then after surgery, and I said, you know, I wrote a recovery book once. She, you did? Yeah. So she calls me up a little bit later on, and she says, Tim, Send me that recovery book. Somebody on the crew staff has been in an automobile accident, and we want to give it to them. And I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) I literally haven't looked at it in 21 years. And luckily, I have the oldest computer in the office. When I'm done with this Dell, it'll go into Smithsonian. And... (laughs) And there it was, found it. And, and I, I sent it to the lady, said, could you make it into a booklet? And they did, and they said, damn, I love this. They read it, and they said, got to make some more. So I just want to read one of the points uh, that I put, and it was about thankfulness. I, I put a quote in there says, the worst moment for an atheist is when he is really thankful and has nobody to thank. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what I wrote, if you are overwhelmed with anger, frustration, self-pity, and I'm talking to a person in recovery like myself, you'll not be able to thank anyone for anything. All your thoughts will be self-centered, and you will not be able to, to utter a, a thank you. Even in the face of the most gracious acts of kindness, fight the thousands of self-pity thoughts by thanking everyone for anything. Thank your doctors, aides, nurses, family, visitors, and anyone else that crosses your path thank God for every breath hope and thankfulness are beautiful twin sisters i just wrote this the only person ever read it at one time was my physical therapist and and I had put it away in the gospel of Luke chapter 17 the story was told of 10 leopards who were healed of leprosy yet only one came back to Jesus and fell at his feet praising him for his healing may we be that one leopard who came back to thank Jesus had broken bones, bruises, and many other painful injuries, yet I was responsible to obey the calling of thanksgiving. First Thessalonians five eighteen says, "Give thanks in all circumstances, for this. that is God's will for you in Christ Jesus." In a hospital bed, it is easy to know what God's will is for you in that place. It is to express thankfulness for every breath of your being. Thankfulness. Um. I learned a while ago, quite a while ago, that I often don't think like other people. I used to work for this camp called Peak Adventures. And I would take kids backpacking in New Hampshire. And we, every once in a while, have something called an adjudicated trip. And the adjudicated trip was juvenile delinquent trips. And after a while, for whatever reason, I was the only person taking kids on adjud- that are adjudicated. These kids were in trouble. And this is back in the days of stress camping where you took these kids and your hopes was to make them cry and beg for mercy, right? <laughs> you were hoping to put blisters on their feet and get them lost, hopelessly lost, take them up mountains and have them crawl to the top and no self-pity on them. It was stress camping, right? And I led these adjudicated kids and all sorts of weird things would happen on these trips but one of the problems I had with the kids is they would steal food. And, and we were out there with, you know, remember, freeze-dried food and tang, stuff like that. And, and so one night I'm in the tent and the kid with me says, "Temp, I hear a bear. No, he didn't say that. He said, a bear does come into the story. Tim, I hear a cat. I go back to sleep, kid. There are no cats up here. No, 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 listen. There's a cat. So this is before uh, we had our headlamps. I pull out my little flashlight, unzip my tent, and the tent next to it, sure enough, there is a little black bear eating orange pills that the kid had stolen, right? I get back in my sleeping bag, say to this kid, and I forget that he's an inner-city banger from Flint, right? And I say, you got to see this. And we both bend up together. I make sure that the flashlight is off, and then I turn the flashlight on the bear's head, right? Because I thought it would be really cool to get to see a bear. (laughs) And he started screaming, (laughs) bloody murder, and... And, and then I forgot they had told him that if a bear comes into camp, just get out pots and pans and bang them. He had woke up all the other kids, and they danced in circles for a while, banging pots and pans together. I was begging them, every bear in New Hampshire is now gone. For, forget it. <laughs> They're up in Maine going, we don't like New Hampshire anymore. And, but I wasn't thinking like them. But one of the things I learned most of all was I thought when I would take them out to the mountains, I would change their lives that they would look at the mountains and they'd go, oh, I love these mountains. They would look at the waterfalls. They would look at the wildlife. They'd see it. And this is even before cell phones and all that and they would not even poke up their head and look at it. They were blind to the beauty. Oftentimes we as Christians can be blind to the beauty around us. I call it Christian entitlement. We Need to notice everything. The verse in First Thessalonians says, be thankful in all circumstances. That's one of the translations. It might be a little unfortunate. Another one says, be thankful in all things. I looked it up in Greek. You know what it means? Be thankful in everything. Everything. Be thankful in anything and everything. So I ask you, you don't have to yell it out loud, but think about that. What are you thankful for right now? Your list is not long enough. What are you thankful for? We have to have the endless list. Everything needs to be on the list. Uh, When it says be thankful in all circumstances, we all think about the good circumstances, we think about the bad circumstances, but it's literally saying be thankful for everything. Be thankful for those babies' giggles. By the way, I left home and I had a five-year-old and a two-year-old that's spending the night with us. I am thankful. My wife says, you get them rowdy, you get them giggling, you get them running in circles, you get them screaming. Yes! I am that kind of grandparent, and I am so thankful for that. Be thankful for that food that you taste, that sunrise that reminds you of the faithfulness of God. Be thankful for everything. The list should be thankful and endless. We need to be those that notice everything. Don't waste the good gifts. It says in James, every good gift comes from what? Above everything. So think about what those good gifts are. Don't waste rejoicing over those good gifts. Now, when I had to learn to walk again, it was just before the promise. I've been practicing to be the narrator again that year, but I was in a wheelchair the entire time. Right? And I uh had to go into surgery. I had a fixator that had been in my leg for eight months, and it was so in my leg, they had to surgically remove it. And that happened on Tuesday. The first performance that week was on Thursday. I went to the physical therapists on Wednesday, and they they said, you think I could walk for this thing? And one said no. And the other said yes. You're right. And so I'm like, okay, one of you is right. We're going to find out. Right, and then they got me up to parallel bars, and the first thing I did is I had this like little tiny one uh, of those things that you jump over, little tiny hurdle, and I stepped over it, and I fainted because I hadn't been vertical for so long. I'll tell you something: there was nothing but females in this room. Never faint in a group of females. <laughs> Because when I came to, I had a thousand questions they wanted me to ask, and I wanted to pass out again. <laughs> were, were you holding your breath? What were you doing? And which leg did you lead with? Was it your right leg or your left leg? And, and were you hot? Were you spinning in circle? What was going on? I'm, I don't know. I fainted. <laughs> but one gift that I have for the rest of my life from that accident, there's many gifts it gave me, is I every day rejoice that I can walk. Every day. Now, I've been a uh, part of the volunteer staff of the, uh, the jail, the chaplains, uh, it's called Keys to Freedom, for 27 years. I had a partner in Bob Hall, I had a partner in Dave McIntyre, I had a partner in Randy Burgess for almost a decade, and... Um, And then over COVID, Randy retired, and I was looking for a new partner, right? And and I said, dear God, I need a new partner, but could you do this for me? I want a man of color, and I want somebody who can sing better than me, (laughs) dear God. And maybe he could have gone through recovery, because I've never done that. And when he talks to those guys or those gals, he knows what he's talking about. Well, somebody from church says, I was at this coffee shop and I met this guy called Pepe. You should meet Pepe. Now, there's, there's another microphone up here somewhere, right? Pe- here it is. Pepe, come here a second. Poor Pepe. I get him into more situations. Ah, uh, Let me tell a little bit of his story, and then I'm going to have him tell one story from his story. Pepe grew up in a Christian family in Chicago, right? In 13 Sibs?
1: Two brothers, three sisters. Right?
0: Christian family that went to church, and Pepe could sing. And you know what he would do after a choir? He would sneak out the back door and smoke cigarettes. (laughs) And not go to church, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, I didn't do cigarettes, I...
0: Oh, you drank beer. yeah, 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 sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wrong vice. Anyway, uh, uh, let's vote. Which is better for a teenager to do? Anyway, and, um, so he he would go out, and you would skip out of church, didn't pay any attention. All your siblings really kept on, but you were the one that went wild yeah. for 30 years.
1: Yeah, just me. All of them just, they went. I was doing drugs, doing everything, but I stayed there because I was just being, helping my mother. I was she, just doing things for her, not for me.
0: And not for God. No, not for sense. God. What would your mama say to you about your gift? You know, my mother told me one
1: time, you know, God gives us all gifts. You know, if you don't use your gifts, God's going to take it from you. Yep. And
0: so, Pappy, 30-year struggle with uh, drug abuse, in and out of jail. Yeah. Suddenly spent six years in jail while in jail, I mean prison, prison. you're in prison now, and, she, and he's from Chicago, and so it was in an Illinois penitentiary, and, um, um, and you started getting this terrible headache. So tell, tell us that story.
1: So the uh, thing was, uh, I had dead to 60, I did to 6, then I was down to like 8 months, 8 months left. So all of a sudden, I started getting a little bad headaches, then uh, I went to the to the guard and I asked him. I told him there's something wrong with my head. It's, it's hurting. He told me to go sit down. You can't do anything. So I had to wait till the next day. Then I got up. My head was hurting like a jackhammer. it was hurting so bad. What was happening? I was. I had a having an aneurysm. You know. So what they did, they. I sat there. Then I had to go to the uh, infirmary. When I went there, I sat there for five five days. I sat there. And then when they, when they finally took me to the doctor, the doctor, the ambulance, saw me. when the ambulance man, he saw me, he said, man, you have it. how long have you had this? I said, man, they've had me for five days. Why I didn't, he said, why I didn't, why I didn't bust? I don't know. So he took me to the, took me to the hospital. Then the doctor, I was soon. I went to the, to the uh, hospital, they didn't they let me, they let me come in there. I had to go a whole uh, hour another place. So when I went there, I had a, uh, I had a stroke, an aneurysm. And then they, would, then they found that I had uh, had seizures. So all this was going on with me at one time. So when I stayed there for three days, then I came back home, I mean, came back to the infirmary so I, so I couldn't speak, I was in pain. So uh, I sat there and I couldn't talk, I couldn't do nothing. And I said, man, I wish I could sing now. I can't talk, I can't do anything. And I said, if, if you could just give me my voice back, I'll sing for you. You know, that's when I really turned my life over to God. You know, cause you know, I, I was down so low, only way I could go is up. So I just put my, put my life in God's hands. So I sat there and all of a sudden, I was singing in the choir at the church, in, the, in, the, in prison. So I got baptized in there. So when I did, I sat there, so they came there if they they said you want to come to, come to come to church. So I shook my head. You know, now I can't talk. I can't do nothing. So I said, okay. So uh, they wheel me to the, they wheel me to the to the to the gym where, the, where we have Baptist, where we have church. So uh, I go in there and I sat there and the and pastor told me, Pastor, I wish you could, I wish you could sing." And you know, and all of a sudden, I just reached out my hand. And I grabbed a mic, and I started singing a—it's an old song by Sam Cooke called "A Change's Gonna Come." You know, and I, it just came out. You know, so I said, "See, God gave me my voice back again." So I just started. I said, "I'm gonna be, a prison, be in prison ministry. I'm gonna turn my life completely over." And I've been going at it since 2011, all the way. You know, so if you don't mind, I would. Do a change, going to come if you don't mind.
2: I was born by the river in a little tent. Oh, just like the river I've been running. I've been running ever since. It's been a long A long time coming But I know A change gonna come Oh, yes it will It's been too hard living And I'm afraid to die Oh, cause I don't know what's up there Beyond the sky It's been a long, a long time coming But I know a change gonna come Oh, yes it will I've gone to the movies And I'll go downtown Oh, cause I don't know what's up there Beyond the sky, it's been a long, a long time coming, but I know a change gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. Then I go to my brother, and I said, Brother, brother, would you help me, please? But it winds up, it winds up knocking me back down on my knees. Oh, there's been times that I thought I couldn't last for long. Oh, but now I think I'm able, I'm able to carry on. It's been a long. A long time coming, but I know a change gonna come, oh yes it will.
0: That's what
1: happens when I sing, too. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanna, I thank, I thank God for what all these done for me. You know, remember I told you I had a stroke, You know that I couldn't. I had to learn how to, it took me a long time since I got out to now to speak again. So I had to learn all over again with Dr. Seuss. Dr. Scott, Dr. Seuss helped me be able to talk Speak and do all over again. Dr. Seuss is a good man.
0: (laughs) I I just want to say something. Pepe praises God with his voice, and he knows what it's like not to have it. I thank God for feats that work, and whatever gift and whatever thing you have, notice it. We are the children of God that see what God has done. Let's close in prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for Pepe and his testimony. We thank you that he didn't die in that infirmary, but you pulled him out. And then you pulled him out of bouts with cancer after he got out, and you've healed him. And dear Lord, now he uh, we get to serve together. And I dear Lord, I thank you for a partnership in the kingdom of God. But our list of what we're grateful for, it's endless, dear Lord. And we thank you for each and every one of those things. In your name, amen.